when I tell you I'm on a different path, when I say I have a different trajectory of what I'm supposed to be doing, I mean that from the bottom of my fucking heart. Like, I really had a, I don't know what to explain it. I don't know how to explain it. I don't know what you would call it, a revelation, uh, epiphany, uh, a sign, fucking a goat fell out the sky and landed on my head or whatever you want to do or call it or characterize it or whatever label you want to stick on it. I, I literally had a moment where I just needed to pull back from everything I was doing, like everything I was doing, comedy, writing the book, doing videos, the podcast, everything. I just had to sit back and look at everything I was doing, right? I had to look at everything I was doing. And I had to say to myself, what makes me happy? What do I enjoy? What brings me joy? What do I do that makes me feel like, yo, I really like this. And even if nobody like, you know how hard, look, you know how hard it is to do something you like and do it and not worry about whether or not anyone appreciates it or applauds you for it or fucking tells you to keep doing it or anything like that. Like it takes a skill to be able to fucking just do shit and not worry about whether or not somebody likes it. And that's where we fuck up. That's where we lose our power. Everything is about you holding on to your power. And it's not like I'm saying with superheroes or you're a mutant or you fucking, you're whatever, dude. Like, however you want to categorize it. But when I say you lose your power, you are as strong as you believe you are. You are only as strong as you believe you are. I'm not fucking around right now. I'm on another wave, goddammit. You're only as strong as you think you are. The idea that you have will only go as far as you believe the idea will fucking go. If you're waiting on somebody else to give you permission to be yourself, then you're going to wait a long fucking time. You cannot wait on somebody to tell you it's okay for you to be you. You can't wait for somebody else to tell you it's okay for you to pursue what you want to do. You cannot wait on somebody else to tell you you can be who you want to be. You will be waiting a long fucking time. A long fucking time. I really wanted to like, I think I I, I got caught up in... I'm trying to figure out the words to say it, but it's that thing of you used to do something for yourself. Then you found somebody who wanted to help you do that thing for you that you used to do on your own. And then you became comfortable and relaxed with somebody else doing it for you. So now you don't have that muscle. You don't have that ability to do the things for yourself that you used to do for yourself before somebody came in and took it upon themselves to take that duty away from you. Or that survival technique away for you. The same thing with animals. Like if you take an animal out of the wild and put them in, a, in the jungle or you domesticate it, 
and then you throw it back into the wild, it won't know how to survive. It could, it can eventually, but it's going to take some time. If you take a lion out of the jungle and you put the motherfucker in the house and tell him to sit at the table and eat, and then he has food waiting for him every day, and he has food waiting for him when he goes to bed, he has food waiting for him in the afternoon, and someone has water for him, and all he has to do is lay around and be this majestic creature and just don't kill anybody. He can do whatever he wants for the rest of his life as long as he plays the game. As long as he plays the fucking game. So you have to ask yourself, God damn, you have to ask your fucking self, is that what you want? Because that's what happens. When you do stuff, like for example, me as a comic, I moved to LA on my own. No manager in LA told me to move over here. No manager, no agent, nobody told me to come here. Nobody. Nobody that was in LA said, come here, let us make you famous or let's make you rich. Nobody ever did that to me. But there are people who go through that. There are people who perform comedy in New York, Chicago, San Francisco, some town where some fucking shitty ass organization does a funky ass comedy festival and they discover you and a whole bunch of shitty low level agents or some, you know, some crummy shisty agents uh, find you, you know, this diamond in the rough, this needle in the haystack type of situation. And they tell you, yo, you should move to LA. Let me manage you. Bear in mind, you've been getting club dates on your own. You've been booking shows on your own. You were doing your own radio show. You are doing your own podcast. You were writing your own sketches and throwing them online because you didn't give a fuck. You were just having fun thinking of something and creating it and putting it out into the world. And you were fine with that. You were happy with that until somebody came in your life and told you, you know you could be wealthy beyond your imagination if you just let me get a piece of that ass. Because that's what they do. They get a piece of that ass. We literally moved to L.A. to ask people for permission to do something we were doing before we even knew we could make money doing it. We ask people for permission to do things that they don't have any control over. Can you imagine asking another human being if it's okay for you to eat? Can you imagine you asking another human being if it's okay for you to go to the bathroom? Can you imagine asking another human being if it's okay for you to breathe? Then why would you put that type of power in somebody else's hand when it comes to you wanting to start your own business? Why are you waiting? Why are you asking your wife? Why are you asking your boyfriend? Why are you asking your husband? Why are you asking your mother or your father? Can I move to California? Can I move to Chicago? Can I move to San Francisco? Can I move to England? Can I move to Australia? Can I start painting? Can I start my own business? Can I start my own radio station? Can I start my own podcast? Can I start my own sneaker company? Why do you ask people to do shit you don't need permission from other people to do? That's a waste of time, goddammit. That's a fucking waste of time. That's a waste of time, and that's you giving your power to somebody else. A couple of weeks ago, well, probably not even a couple of weeks ago, last week, I believe last week, week before last. Hear me out. Hear me out. I firmly do this now. I, I'm a writer first. I'm a writer. 
That's all I want to do is write. Like, write, perform, and film the shit that I want to perform. I don't really give a fuck about being a part of no huge-ass franchise of movies. I don't. I don't want that. I don't want that. I want to create art. I want to create things that make people think, but also entertain. But I want to leave a mark. And leaving a mark is not creating a fucking dumbass movie where you ride around and pretend to be a cop that's incompetent. Or you want to be a cop and it's incompetent. With another cop who don't like you, but allow you to come along with you, with them or whatever. I don't want to do movies like that. I don't want to do a movie where I fucking got to dress up like a woman to be able to do a profession that I was doing as a man, but I got kicked out of the man club, had to come back in as a woman. Like, I don't want to do shit like that. I don't. I want to make, I want to make good stories. I want to tell good stories. I want to tell things that are going to make people think. I want to, I want to make people feel shit when they leave the club. I want them to feel shit when they leave the club. I want them to feel shit when they leave the movies. I want to leave, I want them to feel shit when they're done listening to my podcast. That's what I want. If it happens, great. If it doesn't, it doesn't mean I didn't do it. It doesn't mean that I didn't attempt it. It just probably wasn't received. That's not my problem. It just didn't happen that way. And I'm okay. And I'll live. Literally, everything you do, you just got to say, look, if it happens, it happens. If it don't, it don't. I gave up sports. I gave up sports. Like, when I say I gave up sports, I'll watch it. I'll buy NBA 2K because I like playing NBA 2K with Ed Greer, my writing partner. And other people that like to play, like Brett Riley, another comic named Brett Riley that I play uh, Madden. Jay Hollisworth plays Madden. You know, all these guys play video games because there's nothing to do during the day if you're not auditioning or working a regular job. You play video games and come up with jokes and you just enjoy life. I gave up sports because here's the capitalism in it. Here's the bullshit. I play and and. and in what, what the first sport I ever played was baseball, t-ball. Then I was on the swim team. I did swimming. I learned how to swim early. My mom and my father both made sure I learned how to swim because my father's brother, Greg, died at nine years old because he drowned. Now, a stereotype in the black community is black people don't know how to swim. Black people are afraid of water. That's a myth. I fucking, I'm a fish, bitch. You can throw me in the water, I'm going to survive. You can throw me in the water, in the ocean, in a river, in a pond, in a lake, in a stream, in a babbling brook, and I'm going to survive because I know how to swim. I'm not afraid of water. I'm not afraid to get my hair wet. And I think a part of the reason why they make that narrative also comes from when they would throw slaves into the water on their journey here to America, and they couldn't swim. And they make that joke that black people can't swim because they would toss us into the ocean. Most Def has a song. Can't remember what the name of the song is. I'll find the verse and I may I'll, I'll play it. But uh, he has a verse in a song about how the ocean and rivers are full of dead niggers, which is 
true. Paul Mooney and I used to talk about it. Paul Mooney, who used to be on the Chappelle show, they call him Negro Damas. I worked with Paul Mooney for three years. Crazy. Fucking crazy working with Paul Mooney. For three fucking years, I worked with generational comedy legendary uh, somebody who had a role and was instrumental in introducing us to certain people. Like, Paul Mooney is that classical letting you know he had a role in something because he doesn't feel like he's getting what's owed to him. Which is fair. Because Paul Mooney helped Richard Pryor cast a lot of his TV shows. And Richard Pryor used to have this thing called the Richard Pryor Show on NBC. He hired John Witherspoon. He hired uh, Roseanne Barr. He hired um, Sandra Bernhardt. Like, he hired famous people that went on to do things. Like, Richard Pryor was the dude at the comedy store. In the 70s, Richard Pryor was the dude at the comedy store. Like, he would show up, perform, go home. He was doing movies. He was doing TV shows. He was he was touring. He did it every he did everything. Richard Pryor did everything. He was fucking Deion Sanders, Bo Jackson, fucking LeBron James. He did it all. He fucking did it all. He was everywhere, and Paul Mooney was his Robin, his sidekick, his partner in crime. Like he was also there because Richard was high most of the time, and they needed somebody to fucking control it or harness it, or give him the pep talks, or, you know, get him to the point where he can perform. So Paul Mooney was there. He, Paul Mooney, picked these people, put these people on. These people will tell you Paul Mooney put them on. And Paul helped build careers. But he also feels like he should have been famous, too. And he never got that. So he's, he was bitter. He's angry. And, you know, to a degree, it's understandable. It's very understandable. I can relate to that wholeheartedly. So I'm working with Paul Mooney, and I'm learning from him. I'm learning to write. Like, not, not really learn to write jokes, but I would tell a joke, and then Paul would be like, yo, that's funny. You could do this, and you could do that. And then I'm thinking to myself, as I'm sitting in this jazz bar in San Francisco after we just did two sold-out shows, and we're having a drink, and I'm writing a joke, and he fucking leans over and tells me, that joke you do about X, Y, and Z, you should you should say this, 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 and that. And I'm looking at him like, you did this with Richard. And I didn't say it to him, but I looked at him like, yo, you did this with Richard, and you're doing it with me. Come on, dude. Come on, I don't know how to, I don't know, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't know how to put that shit in the context. But it's just dope. And... I say all that to say that I gave up on sports because you take a city, you, you, you take government or a machine or a corporation or people that's in charge of capitalism, and they say to you, yo, let's create a sport, right? They created a sport. Let's see if we can make some money off the sport. How do we make money off the sport? Well, first of all, we have to tell people that these people that we are selecting are the best in the fucking world at this thing, and they should pay 
to come see these people do the things that they're doing because they're not that good at it. I can play basketball. I can play football. I can run track. I can swim. I can swim. Right? So why would I pay money to go watch somebody do something that I can do? You should only pay to see some shit you can't do. You should only pay for some shit you can't make on your own. You should only pay to have somebody take you someplace you can't get there on your own. So I'm not about to go out here and invest my time and my money and my bandwidth following a team with players on it who don't really know, who don't know you. They only give a fuck about you because you support them and allow them to make the money that they need to have the lifestyle that they want that you will never be able to fucking experience. But you fund that. You fund... Here's the the hypocrisy of everybody, including everybody that listens to the podcast. You'll fund a motherfucker's dream that already got it. Like, you'll buy Jordan jerseys. You'll buy LeBron jerseys. You'll buy whatever they pushing. They got it already. You think they need more money? You think athletes need more money? Break it down. Draymond Green just got a $100 million contract extension from the Golden State Warriors for four years. That's $100 million, right? Technically, he probably going to get $60. $60 million. Because after his agent gets a cut, his business manager gets a cut, his regular agent that represent him at probably one of these major uh, theatrical agencies like CAA or UTA or whatever, after they get their cut, after the government, Uncle Sam gets his cut, he's probably left with $60 million. $60 million. And that's a lot of fucking money anyway. Anyway, that's still a lot of fucking money. You understand? A lot of fucking money. A lot. But on top of that, he adds more money to it. He's like, oh, I'm going to sell sneakers. I'm going to sell socks. I'm going to sell jackets. I'm going to sell whatever. Like, get your money. But you don't need it. You just want it. And that's capitalism. That's what capitalism is. They find people who can sell products to make money so you will go to work and buy shit you don't really need. And you only think you want it because this person who don't give a fuck about you wears it or told you to eat it or told you to drink it. You understand? So I'm not about to waste my time sitting in front of a TV watching a team play a sport that I could play if I call a couple of my friends and say, yo, do you want to come over and let's go to the gym and play five on five and burn some calories, generate some sweat, be recreational, enjoy each other's company, commiserate with one another, or do you want to go home, sit on the couch, drink whiskey or beer, 
eat some very unhealthy potato chips and fucking shitty hot dogs and yell and scream at a TV where they can't hear us because they're not doing something we think they should do when they don't give a fuck about you. Why am I wasting my time doing that? You know I want to punch myself in the face for the amount of Jordans I have purchased? You know I want to punch myself in the fucking face for the amount of Jordans I allow myself to believe I need it? It's fucking insane. But here's the problem. Here's, here's why people can't detach themselves from it. Just like with people with religion. Just like America when they go to war. Nobody wants to be told that the thing they were made to believe is the thing they should be a part of ain't shit. You don't want to... No woman wants to hear somebody come and tell her her husband ain't shit because now it makes her look like she's a bad decision maker. Or now the world that she's created for herself in her head with this man in it isn't real. And she looks dumb. And she don't want to look dumb. That's like when somebody tells you Santa Claus isn't real. And you're like, what? No, that's crazy. I've been, I've been leaving letters and, 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 and cookies out. It's got to be real. So how's the, how's the stuff coming to my house? And then your parents tell you, I've been doing it. Oh, come, Nick. Come, really? So you trying to tell me? That the red suit and the chimney, all this shit, the rain this has been a lie. You've been feeding me a lie all this time. I mean, you've been lying to me the whole fucking time. What the fuck is wrong with you? Why can't you just tell me I'm going to buy you some shit and I'm going to put it in the room. You ain't going to know what's going to be in there. But just come in there and be surprised, little motherfucker. I'd rather you had done that than help me believe, still have me believing some white man that I don't know that apparently shows up at the mall, but I can't see him when he comes to the house. He can come, I can go see him at the mall and tell him what I want. And he's just going to bring it to the house? He's just going to bring it to the house? I can't meet him? I can't say, hey, thank you or whatever? No. I just, no. Then he's riding around the world. The world? The world? He's going everywhere? Tanzania? He's going to Tanzania? He's going to, he's going to Ethiopia. He's, he's take, is he taking food to Ethiopia or is he taking toys to Ethiopia? Because I've seen the commercials. Those kids don't look like they need toys. They look, they, need, they look like they need food. So is he taking them food? The kids in Baltimore, are they taking, is he taking kids in Baltimore toys too? Really? That's crazy. That's crazy. And he does it all in one night? Oh my God, this motherfucker's the original uh, Uber driver or Postmates or uh, Amazon delivery. Santa Claus. Who's more powerful? You know who this crazy part is? And I'm more than likely, I'm going to make it a joke. I just want you to know ahead of time that more than likely I'm going to make this into a joke because I think it's funny because it's sad and it's true. But truth be told, I was afraid of Santa Claus way more than I was afraid of Jesus. I was more afraid of Santa Claus than I was of fucking Jesus. You understand that how crazy that is? First of all, neither one of these people uh, are real. But that's neither here nor there. I'm not going to argue with you about religion. I'm just not going to do it. You're not going to pull me into this fucking argument. I refuse to engage in hypothetical conversations about things that are not real. So, I was more afraid of Santa Claus than I was of Jesus because 
I didn't know who Jesus was. I just knew he walked on water. And I couldn't do it, so I didn't give a fuck about it. Uh, apparently, Jesus was responsible for me eating every day, but I saw my mom and dad going to work and putting food on the table. So it was kind of hard for them to sell that to me. But I did see Santa Claus. I did see Santa Claus. Because Jesus wasn't at the mall and you could go sit on his lap and tell him what you want. You feel me? You couldn't you couldn't go to the mall and say, hey, is there a place where we can go sit on Jesus' lap and take pictures with Jesus and tell Jesus how much we're struggling and we're hungry and we're tired and my mom has cancer and my dad was shot and killed in a drive-by and we really want him to come back? Like, you can't. Why would you make it possible for kids to go see Santa Claus at the fucking mall and tell him everything you want? And then you bring it to him. But you can't do the same thing to restore faith. You can't. You'd rather have your kids believing that Santa Claus is real. But fucking Jesus, you just gotta you just gotta trust us because he's dead. But if he's great, why can't he just appear? If he's a a ghost or a spirit, whatever, why can't he just appear? Why can't he take the possession of somebody else's body? Like, come on, dude. Too many holes in the story. But all that to say is, I don't give a fuck about sports anymore. I don't give a fuck about LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, Kobe Bryant. That's great. You made your money off of doing something that somebody tricked other people into believing they should support. And then people are like, oh, my God, he's my favorite player. Oh, my God, he's my favorite athlete. Oh, my God. Like, come on, stop it. You can do the same shit. Imagine, just hear me out. Imagine if you took the same energy to adore and love and appreciate and look up to somebody who don't know you and put it into yourself. Like, why not have a poster of yourself hanging on the fucking wall? Doing what you do. Doing what you're great at. Doing your job. Why not? If you fucking work construction, why don't you have a picture of yourself with a hard hat on and the tool that you use to do whatever it is that you do with your construction job and have that bitch framed on the wall with your name under it? What's wrong with that? What's wrong with celebrating you more than you celebrate somebody else that you don't even fucking know? Think about that shit. Imagine if you had a poster of yourself on the wall doing the job that you do and your kids came home and were like, yo, that's my dad. He's a lawyer in his office doing lawyer shit. Have a picture of yourself hanging up in the, in, the, in the kitchen or in the bathroom or in the hallway doing the thing that you fucking do if you're proud of it. But that's the catch. If you want to take a picture of yourself doing something, you should at least take a picture of yourself doing something that you're proud of so you can motivate your children or your wife or your girlfriend or your nephews, or your uncles, or your sisters, whatever, brothers, 
to go out and celebrate themselves the same fucking way. Why don't we celebrate ourselves as much? Because we're taught not to. We're taught to look to other people to celebrate so you can feel good about yourself. How the fuck does that sound? Just like I don't understand how when you get drunk, they tell you you should drink a beer or get drunk again or something. I don't understand that. The fuck are you talking about? Why are we doing it? Why are we getting drunk? Why are we getting drunk? I'm, I'm trying to find out. Why are we getting drunk? If I'm drunk, why would I get drunker? If I'm drunk, why would I get drunker? Help me. Help me. Help me. Under fucking stand. Nobody says, yo, he's on crack. You know how he's going to kick it? He's got to smoke more crack. I don't think that's how that shit works. I don't. But we got to start celebrating ourselves. That's all I wanted to say. Celebrate yourselves. Before you fucking organize a night to gather people around to fucking watch a game that means nothing. I knew I didn't give a fuck about sports when... In 1998, the Chicago Bulls beat the Seattle Supersonics for their sixth title in 98. And when they won, I was just like, all right, I'm a Chicago Bulls fan, though. I'm a Michael Jordan fan first. I'm a fan of Michael Jordan, the ball player. I'm not a fan of Michael Jordan's business guy. I'm a fan of Michael Jordan, the ball player. Not the business guy. I don't like the business guy. I don't like the, the the guy who does the drafting for these basketball teams. He's a terrible drafter. He's a terrible he's a terrible GM owner. He can't dress, and he, he's he's a tyrant when it comes to making money. He don't give a fuck. He know that shit out here. He never done one commercial to say, "Look, stop trying to kill yourself over my shoes. If you want a pair, just come to my house. I'll give them to you." Like, fuck it. You got the money. Stop it. It's a responsibility there. But I just believe in celebrating myself. And I've been working a lot. So last Sunday, before I went to bed, not this Sunday that just passed, last Sunday before I went to bed, um, I just started. I started, I was laying in bed. I don't really pray, you know, because I don't know who to pray to, because I don't know who exists and what exists. It could all this could be a fucking um Simulation, or we could just be rats in a labyrinth, and people just looking down over us, taking notes. Like, look at these dumb motherfuckers getting trapped in the same bullshit every time. Like, I would not be shocked if this whole entire thing is an experiment to see how certain things, when they are placed into the ecosystem, how we respond to it. You can say what you want to say, but it's not, not, not possible. It's not. It's not. It's not not possible. You know what I mean? It's not not possible. So don't dismiss it. Like, that's just crazy talk. Bitch, please. Bitch, all the way, please. So I was laying in, I was laying in bed and I, I had a conversation with myself. Cause I was like, I don't have no comedy gigs right now. Like I don't have no club dates at clubs for the weekend. Like you know how I used to go on the road, like 
Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, do shows, make money, make a living. Money comes into the house, food goes into my mouth, bills get paid, shit like that. It was, it was a cycle. I don't get club dates like that anymore. One, because the TV show is not on the air. Two, I'm not active on social media enough to where I make videos and post shit every day to make people laugh so I can have the opportunity to go and perform at a comedy club. I don't feel like I should have to do that. And I'm just going to have to weather the storm until they realize that the formula in which they are trying to adapt isn't going to work. I do not support it at all. I get it, but I don't support it. Because it's saturated comedy. It's saturated comedy to the point where you'll think somebody who posts a funny sketch online will be funny when you go see them at a comedy club. But the truth is, most of these internet comics that you see did not start off doing comedy first. They start off doing sketches, being stupid, being goofy, throwing themselves out there, doing whatever they can to entertain you so they can build their following. And then an agent from L.A. or New York or somewhere, a manager will come to them and say, yo, have you ever thought about doing comedy? You should go learn how to do comedy. We can get you in these comedy clubs, and you can make $5,000 a week. You can make $10,000 a week. If you learn how to tell jokes, we can put you in a comedy club for five to six shows. You'll sell them out. You do fucking 40 minutes of bullshit, and you can do 10 or 20 minutes of whatever that shit is you do online that people like. And then let's make some money. Boom. That's literally the pitch. That's literally the fucking pitch. Hey, how you like living in Missouri? Oh, you should come to L.A. where it's way more expensive. And you come out here and, you know, I'll start making money off the videos that you were doing for free. And then you'll give me a cut of it. And then you'll be depressed that I told you to come out here to make it. And then when you don't make it, you don't think you're not good enough, even though you were good enough, because I discovered you. I just didn't know how to sell you. And now you're on your own in L.A., struggling, on drugs, depressed, sad, can't make enough money to go back home, made too much money too soon, blew it all, now you don't have any type of situation. So I said to myself, dear universe, you know what I'm trying to do. You know where my heart is. You know what my goals are. And if any of these things that I want are evil or malicious or disingenuous, then don't don't help me. Don't give me a sign. Don't drop an apple on my head. Don't fucking, you know, open a door for me or whatever. Just let me sit and still bang my head up against this fucking wall and try to figure it out. Right? That's what I did. And I woke up Monday morning, last Monday, and when I say the shit hit me, the shit hit me. And my friends that are listening to the podcast who I've discussed the idea with know what I'm talking about. But I wrote a TV show with Ed Grier. When I say I wrote a TV show, I sat down and I did a treatment. I did a log line. I did a treatment. A treatment is basically you explain what your TV show is, the characters, the different type of episodes, and how long you think the show, the show can run and what's the story arc of the first season. And do you have like an overall... First of all, they make black people develop a TV show to the point uh, the shit should be a verse in the Bible because it's law. It is done. It is complete. 
Lena Dunham pitched girls. This bitch went into the office and was like, I want to do a show about this, 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 and this. And they were like, oh, okay. But she wrote it like on a sheet of paper. She wrote on a sheet of paper, like, I want to do this show, and it's about this, and it's about that. Give me some money to do the show. And they did it. I go into a room and say, yo, I want to do a show about X, Y, and Z. As detailed and well thought out even further than what Lena Dunham said. And they be like, all right, now, all right, now go write us a one sheet and explain us what the show is. And then you write a one sheet about what you think the show is. Then they tell you, go write 10 pages explaining what the show is in its entirety, beginning, middle, and the end. Then you go write that shit. Then they say, all right, fine. Now go write us an entire episode of what you think the show is. That's 32 to 40 pages. Then you go write that shit. Then they give you notes on that. Then they tell you to go change it. Then they say, go write another version of it. Then you go write another version of it. Then you go write another version of it. Then you go write another version of it. And then finally, after they nitpicked it and destroyed it and ripped it apart and fucked it five ways from Sunday to the point you don't even recognize the project you were originally pitching, then they tell you, fine, we'll give you some money to go shoot it. Then you'll go shoot it. Then they'll give you notes on that. Change this. Edit that. Change this. Take this out. Move this around. Right? Then after they do that, it's even less recognizable than it was when you fucking was done writing the bullshit. Then they tell you, fine, now we're going to air it. Or they'll decide whether or not they're going to air it. And most times they say no. And you're like, what the fuck was all that for? I came up with an idea. They said, make the idea a little more refined. Came up with the idea, make the idea more refined. Refine it, refine it, refine it, refine it. Now go write a one sheet about it. Write a one sheet, write it over, 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 and over. Write a treatment, over, over, and over, and over. Write the pilot, over, and over, and over, and over. Shoot the pilot, over, and over, and over. You got to do edits and rewrites, all that. And then there's a chance they won't even let you fucking put the shit on TV. That's what television making is, people. That's literally what television making is in a nutshell. But I wrote a show. It's complete, front to back, in and out. No holes in it. It's a flawless. It's a sign fail. I fucking said it. It's a sign failed. And what I mean by that is, it's an iconic show. It's the perfect show for me. It's the perfect idea for me. It's an idea that allows me to be myself. And I don't lose any part of myself playing this role that I want to play because what I refuse to compromise on is who the fuck I am. I'm not changing who I am to become something somebody else would like me to be so they can control whether or not I eat. When people control whether or not you eat, they talk to you differently. When people control whether or not you have the ability to survive and they rely you relying on them. They talk to you differently. They walk in the room and acknowledge you differently. Trust me. Trust me. When people know you count on them for survival, they talk to you differently. Women, you know it. Any woman who's listening to this podcast has been in a relationship with a man who makes more money than them or she's not working at some point in time or he he just spends all the money. He talks to you differently. 
Guys, you've been there before in a relationship with a girl. And you lost your job. And she's making money now. She's making all the money. She talks to you differently. She fucks you differently. She kisses you differently. Because money, regardless if you want to acknowledge it or not, is masculine. If a woman is bringing in the money and you're not, she is fucking dehydrated as far as her pussy goes because nothing turns her on about you because you're not a provider. Because we've been labeled that if you are a man, you are supposed to be a provider. And if you're not providing, what the fuck is your purpose? Tell me I'm lying. Please tell me I'm lying. Please tell me I'm lying. We're just killing time. That's all we're doing, just killing time. I'm just talking right now. I mean, I, I've been gone, and I just want to talk about some things, get some shit out of the air or whatever. But I'm just talking right now. Yeah. Yeah. Trust me. I'm just talking right now. I'm just literally, I'm just trying to hash out conversation with people. I'm just throwing it out there. So you gotta make money. Or you don't get nothing. That's the world we live in. I feel like I was gonna go down a darker tunnel with that, but I don't I don't wanna I don't wanna depress anybody else anymore. But I literally was like, this is a show I've made. It's my show. I have a title for the show. I have a title for my book. I have a title for the new podcast. That's right. I hate I even said it. That's right. Because now I sound like a fucking seller. That's right. We got a new thing coming up, Chuck. What? Tell them what they want, Maranzio. Oh, God. You're going to do this. It's going to be great. Peanut butter and jelly for everybody. Like, no. But I created, like, my, my Star Wars. And what I mean by... My Star Wars is I have a visual component that I feel will be iconic. I'm writing a book that will be, you know, the literary version of it, which will be, I believe, will be iconic. The podcast I've created is the audio version of it, and that's going to be iconic. And then the stand-up special that I'm going to shoot, uh... Uh, encompasses all of those components. The visual, the audio, the written, because I wrote the jokes and I'm performing it live. Like You're getting it all at one time. And I, I sat down and I just nourished it all week long. When I say I nourished it all week long, every night before I went to bed, I said, thank you, universe, for giving me this idea. Thank you for keeping me disciplined. Like, no Adderall, no motherfucking, you know, concentration pills or whatever. I focused on the idea that I got on Monday every fucking day until today, which is Monday. For seven straight days, I worked on that idea. Seven straight days. Seven. I wrote on it. I didn't allow myself to work on anything else. And I didn't have to fight to do it. That's why I knew. That's how I knew that the idea I came up with is the idea I'm supposed to be doing. It's the world I'm supposed to be in. It allows me 
to create this this shelter company that will allow me to say the things I need to say and do the things I need to do um, without getting in trouble, I guess you could say. Without me getting in trouble. Not that I'm going to try to get in trouble or I'm going to say anything deliberately, but I'm sure some of the things I'm going to say is going to be controversial to the point people are going to be like, yo, how can he say that? That's crazy. Who is he to be able to say these things? I don't like it. Make him stop. It makes me uncomfortable, right? Just know that it's coming. Just just know that the idea is fucking coming and I'm working on it. And you're going to support it. You're going to want to support it. You're going to want to support it because if you listen to this podcast, that means you either like me or you heard about me or you just want to see what a train wreck, <laughs> a creative train wreck looks like. I think that's my new nickname. Like I'm a, I'm a, uh, a creative train wreck. But uh, there's this thing going on now. Sidebar. There's this thing going on now where like artists, illustrators, they draw comics and they post them online, and they they post them online, and they you know they tell people. Hey, I'm an artist. I drew this person, you know, and they hope that other people will come to them and say, yo, you're a dope artist. Can you draw something for me? And they, they, you know, they charge you for it. I, I know it's not a scam. It's just what's happening right now. And that's how a lot of artists and stuff are making their bones or whatever. And they, they, they're smart. They go after comics that they, they have a name, you know, a lot of following, you know, Chris D'Elia. Fucking Joe Rogan. Everybody draws. Every comic, every artist draws Joe Rogan or fucking Tom Segura or Chris D'Elia. Somebody in that little group of fucking comics or whatever, they have their little frat boy shit going on. And, you know, and then they post it and then they hope that the comic gives them a shout out. And then people are like, oh, man, I saw you drew that thing for so-and-so. Will you draw for me? That's happening now, and and that's it's a popular thing. I'm looking to do animation. I want to do an animated show, you know, and the show don't have to be fucking. The show don't have to be, you know, the animated show don't have to be like. I'm not trying to fucking. Uh, I'm not trying to uh, waste anybody's time. You know what I mean? But why can't we just do shit? Why can't we just create shit and then give it to the universe? And if they want it, they'll take it. Literally. Like, if you know how to do animation, you're trying to get into the game, work with who wants to work with you. That's what everybody should do. You should work with whoever wants to work with you because the person that wants to work with you really wants to work with you. Like, really wants to work with you. When you got to chase somebody down... Or fucking throw your hands in the air and wave like, hey, 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 I can draw. Or I, I can I can write. I, hey, me over here. Hey, guy. Like, how many people you think are doing that? A lot of fucking people. Work with who wants to work with you. Develop and grow with who wants to develop and grow with you. Everybody want to be with somebody that already got it. If somebody already got it, why the fuck do they need you? Because you think you're better? You think you, you think you think you think you do a better job than somebody else they already have? 
They don't give a fuck about that. Unless you're going to do it for cheaper. And you're not trying to do it for cheaper. So if you're going to fucking do something, if you're going to do something, why don't you do something you want to do? If you're not going to get paid and you're just going to get notoriety, why don't you just do something you really want to do with somebody you really want to do it with, somebody that wants to work with you? So I'm trying to do animation. So if any artists out there or any graphic designers, if you're trying to get your name out there, I always need artwork. I always need posters for the podcast. I always need posters for my shows. Make posters. I post them on my page. I tell people about it. Bam. They be like, yo, I saw you do that poster for Moranzio. Don't look at the numbers. Don't look at the numbers. Don't look at the Instagram and Twitter numbers. Be like, he ain't really got no blah, blah, blah. You don't know who's following me. You don't know who's following me. You don't. You just assume because you looked at the numbers. You're like, ah, he only got but so, ah, I don't know, man. Don't look at the numbers. Don't. So I'm working on something. It's going to be, it's going to be big. It's going to be big because I want it to be big. It's going to be dope because I want it to be dope. And I'm going to have t-shirts for it. I'm going to have merch for it. I'm going to let you know now. I'm not even going to hide it from you. I'm going to have merch for it because you're going to want to support it. Just like I always wonder if I made t-shirts for the podcast, will people really buy t-shirts for the podcast? I'm doing a survey, ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening to the podcast. You're listening to Killing Time podcast because that's all I'm doing. I'm just killing time. If you're listening to Killing Time right now, Let's work together. I'll come up with a logo. I got a logo. I do got the logo, though. Have you seen the new logo with me, like, fighting all these clocks that's trying to kill me? I want to get that shit made into a T-shirt. If I got the new Killing Time logo made into a a T-shirt, would anybody buy it? That's the question. Like, just email me. Email me at jktpodcast at gmail.com. JKTPodcast at gmail.com. Email me and tell me whether or not you would buy that t-shirt. Tell me whether or not you would buy that t-shirt. I got a, I got a, this picture concept I'm going to do for photography for the podcast. And uh, I think I'm going to sell it as a print. But I also want to put it on the t-shirt too. I just got to think how to make it. I'm working on it. I'm just. I'm working on it. Trust me. I. I, I got an idea. Um, but yeah, I'm going to sell merch for. It's going to be good. the dope. The show is going to be dope. The book is going to be dope. I can't tell you the title of the book. I can't tell you the title of the show or the podcast. I'm going to do. I'm just going to release it. Like I'm going to do a huge, fucking launch. It's going to be dope as fuck. I promise you. Now, with that being said, I know it's like fuck. 51 minutes. I've been talking for a long time. I was going to play a song and then, like, come back and do something else because I wanted to, like, get into different segments. But I get long-winded. I just started fucking talking. And I just end up where I end up. Um, but the other day, I'll just switch gears. The other day, I was talking to a friend, and we still couldn't figure it out. Well, he couldn't figure it out. But I said, if you can have one thing, that's a luxury item. Like, if you got to say, yo, I own that, what would that be? If you could only own one thing, whether it's a waterfall, whether it's a 
fucking McDonald's in your house, whether it's a helicopter, whether it's a fucking spaceship. Well, not spaceship. That's just crazy. Uh, like something realistic, though, like a luxury thing that you can have in your house, like an animal heated pool, infinity pool, um, walk-in refrigerator, uh, a Starbucks place in your house. I know people that have Starbucks coffee shop in their fucking house. What would it be? What would be your one luxury item? Like, if you could only have one thing, one, like, you still live where you live or whatever, but you can only have one luxury item, what would it be? Mine would be a bowling alley. I love fucking bowling. I would have a bowling alley in my house. That's the only, if I could only have one gaudy, over the top, Big dick energy. That's a lot of fucking money, dude. Item. I would have a bowling alley in my fucking house. I don't give a fuck. A bowling alley with lifetime service. Meaning if anything happens to that bitch, you come fix that motherfucker. But I would have a bowling alley in my fucking house. Probably five lanes. Leather boots. Nice. I mean a nice one. Nice one. Maybe five to me. Five is a lot. No, four. Four lanes, nice, in the basement. I mean, a nice bowling alley with a bar in the bitch. When I say a bowling alley, I want to have a bowling alley in my house with a bar. I want to have a uh, Pac-Man arcade. I want a Dig Dug arcade because that's what the fuck I want. Miss Pac-Man, Dig Dug, Donkey Kong. Um, Pac Land, which was a game. Mm, Street Fighter, Mortal Kombat, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, X Men, Tekken, and a pinball machine, and maybe pole position. But I don't really like fucking pole position. Maybe Hang On or something like that. Punch-Out used to be out. I used to like Punch-Out, but it's so hard to do Punch-Out. You had to use the stick joystick. Tron, Star Wars. But I would have, like, arcade. I would have uh, video games, pinball machine, a bar, and tabletops so people can eat and chill. In the basement of my fucking house, I want a bowling fucking alley. And play music. A jukebox that plays music. Any music, over fucking, over 50,000 songs in that bitch. At least 50,000 songs. I have an iPod, um, the 160 gig old one, the classic joint. I have about 40,000 songs on that motherfucker. Because I collect music. I fucking love music. I fucking love music. Um, So that's my one luxury item. What is your luxury item? What is your luxury item? Can we talk about it? Tell me what your luxury item is. Support what you love, people. Like, support what you love. Support what you love. You'll feel better if you support what you love. If you love feeding the homeless, support that. If you love fucking helping kids in homeless shelters, support that. Adoption uh, agencies help find kids, families, support that. 
like support what you love. Like imagine if you put your energy into something you love. If you love this podcast, if you want to see me succeed, support that shit, fam. Support it. We all just passing through life trying to make a living. We all just passing through life trying to be relevant. We all just passing through life trying to find love. We all just passing through life. That's it. We just doing shit. We killing time until the shit is over. None of this means anything. Why don't we just fucking enjoy it and support each other and just be like, fuck it. I made it. I made $10 last week. I can make another $10. If I want to get this dude $10, give it to him. Fuck it. If I want to do artwork with this guy, do it. Fuck it. If you see a dude you like and you fucking attract to him, you not married, you ain't fucking in a relationship with somebody, you want to fuck him, fuck him. And vice versa. Why are you walking around holding on to your desires, causing you constipation? Let that shit out. Did I do good this week? I just want to know, did I do good this week? I owe you guys, I owe you guys uh, an album review. I've been getting a lot of requests to do an album review. So what I'm going to do when I kill time, killing time will be an amalgamation of things. I'm just going to be doing shit until it's over. So from here on out, I vow to do a hip-hop review of an album every week. Every week I do the podcast, I'm going to review a hip-hop album. I may do a hip-hop album, an R&B album, and maybe like some alternative music, like, you know, soft rock or rock music, YouTube, Coldplay. Review old albums. Not There's no new albums. Hear me? There's no new music. There isn't. It's not. It's not new hip hop. It's not. You're not gonna talk my head off. You're not. You're not gonna talk my head off about nobody. You're not gonna talk my head off about the baby or baby or nothing. That's not happening. I'm sorry, it's not happening. I wish you could, but you're not gonna talk my head off about these new artists. And I'll just and I and I'll take that old man trait with me to the grave. But I will review an old album. Like I've been getting requests to do uh Bush Babies, Gravity album. I'm gonna do the Bush Babies Gravity album. I own it. I haven't listened to it in a while. I'm gonna go and sit down and give it a listen. And then I'll review it. And then from from then on I'll do albums. Uh I wanted to review Once Upon a Time in America, but I just don't have it. I can't do it right now. But definitely remind me. Somebody please remind me next week. I want to tell you, next week I want to talk about this kid named Kenny Lucas. I'm letting you know now. Next week I want to talk about this kid named Kenny Lucas. Um, The first shootout I was in and getting into a fight on the bus. Like, I want to talk about the first shootout I was in, this kid named Kenny Lucas. Get into a fight on the bus and I'll review an album, and I'll review Once Upon a Time in America, and I'm going to review Doctor Strange, because Doctor Strange is officially now my favorite Marvel movie. Not because the story is good. It's the message behind the story. You understand the message behind the story is you can heal your body with your mind if you're strong enough to believe it. You don't need medicine. You don't need surgery, but they propose that your mind 
if you didn't tell yourself you couldn't do something. You could heal yourself. Come on, people. If that ain't the dopest message ever, you can heal yourself with your mind. Your mind has control over everything. Your mind tells you you're too fat. Your mind tells you you're, you're, you're too black. Or your mind tells you you're too tall. Your mind tells you you're not, you're not, you're not talented enough. Your, your mind tells you that. If everybody told you you couldn't do something, and you told yourself you could do it, and then you became famous because you believed that you could do it because you told yourself that, and you became famous, you wouldn't think that's a fucking power? My head ain't gonna come off no matter how much you talk about it. That's where I want to go with that. So, I'm gonna mosey on over to this political side of things, and then we're gonna get the fuck out of here. I don't know if you know it or not, but here in the United States of America, we've had three... Uh, Shootouts, massive shootouts in less than a, a week. Last Sunday, we had a shootout at a garlic festival, a garlic festival in Northern California. Five days go by, and then we have a guy go into a Walmart in El Paso, Texas, and murder 20 people and injured more. 20 people. Now, for those who don't know what El Paso, Texas is, it's right on the border of Mexico across from Juarez, Mexico. Juarez, Mexico is a very dangerous place, but El Paso, Texas is a very safe place. One, because the military is there. Two, it's a town full of immigrants, of people who just want to be here in America, and they do their very best to abide by the laws so they don't get sent back home because they can see Juarez every day, and they don't want to be in Juarez. So they come to America, and they actually follow the rules and do what they're supposed to do, because they don't want to go back to where they came from. Does that make sense? However, we have people that were born and raised here who don't give a fuck, because they know there's no place anybody can send them, because they're from here. So they don't give a fuck about how they behave. This guy walked into a Walmart and shot 20 Mexicans, Hispanics, I don't know, Latin people. Just went in like a Call of Duty video game and shot the place up. He then put these people in a very serious situation because Beto O'Rourke, who was running for president of the United States, just said at the Democratic debates the other night, El Paso, Texas is one of the safest places in the country. El Paso, Texas is one of the safest cities in the country. El Paso, Texas is one of the safest locations in Texas. He said all this on TV. But he also said, you know, there's immigrants there and there's people who just want a good life. And it made America look bad because it's like all these immigrants are behaving and making us look bad. Let's change that narrative. You think that's a coincidence that some white guy just walks up inside, walks inside of a fucking Walmart of all fucking places and just starts shooting at every fucking body? Here's the sad part. 
you would like to think that people would be afraid to go to a Walmart. Right? Now, you think people would be afraid, I don't want to go to Walmart. What if somebody comes in there and shoot it? Nobody thinks about it. Because they kill Mexican people. And if you live in middle America and you're white, majority of your Walmarts are white. So you're not worried about white men running up in a white Walmart and just shooting everybody because he's mad at those people in that Walmart. Not happening. So if you don't care about the people who got killed, then you won't remember to be afraid when you go to Walmart again. The families of these people who were murdered are afraid to come forth and claim the bodies because they're afraid that if they do, the United States is going to grab them and throw them in a van and take them back to fucking Mexico. There are immigrants who were shot and injured and taken to hospitals and recovery centers. Their family members can't come check on them because if they do, there's a chance the government will grab you and take you back to your country. So imagine you laying in the hospital. You don't speak English. You're getting the minimum amount of, um, the minimum amount of care they will give you because one, it costs taxpayers money to treat a dying person. But why would I treat a dying person who shouldn't be by law in my country? That's like somebody saying, that's like somebody taking care of a burglar if they get injured in your house. And like, oh man, this dude broke into my house and cut himself. Now he's bleeding all over the place. I'm going to wrap his leg and let him sit on the couch until he heals. That's, that's how Republicans and Americans who have a problem with people migrating into this country view it. So imagine you sitting in the hospital bleeding, gunshot wound, you don't speak English, you're alone, no one's going to come running into your hospital room and tell you we love you. We're sorry you got shot. We hope you're okay. That's not happening for you because you're not supposed to be there and your family's not supposed to be there. And they don't want to risk getting caught and having being sent back. So you have to be in pain and be scared alone. You're not going to tell me that's a coincidence that this once safe city all of a sudden is now a fucking terror zone. Then the following day after this awful shooting in El Paso, Texas, Dayton, Ohio, where I have performed at many times and I have family members that live in Ohio and in Dayton, um, to be exact, somebody walks up in a bar, kills 10 people, <clears throat> injures 27. 
person we have elected to be president of the United States goes on TV and says, I feel bad for the victims of Dayton. I mean, uh, Toledo, Ohio. He was supposed to say Dayton. He said Toledo, Ohio. <clears throat> Toledo, Ohio did not have a shootout. They may now, but they didn't have a shootout. But the person that America, white people, white people, white people put put Trump in the White House. White people put Trump in the White House. Democrats put Trump in the White House. Democrats are dumb. They're stupid. And they enable the weak. Republicans are dumb, stupid, and they only want to uplift the strong and the rich. There's a man in the White House who is so disconnected from what's going on that he didn't even know, didn't even bother to read the teleprompter properly to, to say <clears throat> the right name of the city in which all these people were murdered. Sad part is those people in that city that he fucked up, they voted for him. Those poor white people in Ohio voted for Trump. So we've had three massive shootings, all white men, and they've all been taken into custody. I need you to understand what I'm about to say is not about race. It's more about class and branding. James Baldwin's birthday just passed last Friday. Um, James Baldwin is... Uh, Iconic to me. I don't think there's a person who's walked this planet more articulate of the English language than, than James Baldwin. I don't think there's no one else that can touch him. That's just me. I'm hopefully what I'm about to say makes sense. If I had the mutant, if they were passing out mutant powers, I would have to waste the opportunity to be able to fly, to be able to walk through walls, to be able to read minds, to be able to rejuvenate after being shot multiple times. I would have to waste it and ask that I'm granted the ability to be taken into custody alive. Because as a black man in America, they do not want to take you in custody, into custody alive. You do not get the option to go into custody alive. If you're a white man in America, you have every opportunity. They give you every opportunity to be taken alive. They try to talk you down. They try to rationalize with you. They try to reason with you. They try to sympathize with you and empathize. Like They do everything they can to make sure they take you in alive. Partially, they don't want to see another white man gun down another white man because they don't want to send that image out into the world that it's okay for white people to kill their own. Not up for debate. They don't want to see 
white people killing their own. Minorities kill each other. They don't give a fuck about that. But white people killing their own. And I'm not being racist. I need you to understand this is not about race. This is about what's happening and what I see. They don't want to see themselves kill their own. Now, also, I do a joke where I say, I knew my life was going to be rough when I saw when I saw a white man praying one day. <clears throat> when I saw a white man praying one day, I was like, my life is going to be hell. Because I knew that I already had a rough life. I already knew what racism was. I already knew that my skin was a curse. You know, or I've been told that my skin is a curse. I don't believe it. But I was told that my complexion is a curse. When I saw this white man praying, I was like, if this motherfucker has to go to God and ask for help, and he white, I don't stand a chance. Feel me? If you're a white man, you can do whatever you want to do in America. As long as you're doing it to better the white race. You can do whatever the fuck you want to do. That's why when white people do stuff like murder and shoot up and stuff, they want to study you. Because they are thinking to themselves, what the fuck is going on with this model that we've created, that it made it malfunction to the point it had to kill other people. Like, what's going on with this white man who can do whatever he wants to do? What has What's going on to where he has decided that he wants to murder and kill and make us look bad? We got to study this guy. Mentally, they say that. They don't want to study black people. They don't want to study Mexicans. Indian people don't fucking shoot up shit. Not in America. They may want to study an Asian guy, but they don't want to study black people or brown people. They don't. There's nothing in it for them. Just put it down. It's a rabbit dog. It's, it's, a, it's a dog that's wild now. It's mad. It's upset. Kill it. End its life. We don't need to understand crazy shit. We don't need to understand savagery. We don't give a fuck. But our own cultural branding, man, I'm not being racist and I'm not being mean. I'm being honest if you really look at it. Eric Garner dead. Mike Brown dead. A man is dead because he was selling cigarettes on the side of a street to make money to feed his family. Cigarettes. He's just selling cigarettes. You know how much a cigarette probably costs? A dollar. A dollar, maybe two dollars. You hustling, somebody needs a cigarette, you sell it. Why are you fucking stopping somebody from selling something that he already purchased himself and he's just trying to make more of it? That's what everybody does. That's what everybody does. Everybody does that. Everybody does that. You go buy something, you break it up into something, and you sell it piece by piece at a higher price to get more out of it. Everybody does that. So why is that man dead? 
And why is this white man who went up in a fucking Walmart still alive? Why is this guy who went in a bar in Dayton, Ohio still alive? Why is this guy who shot up at a fucking garlic festival still alive? Like, why are these people still alive but a black man resisting arrest because he can't understand why you are stopping him from selling cigarettes to feed his family? Can't live anymore. Like, why I gotta die? Why I gotta go to jail? Why are you gonna put me in the backseat of a car and drive me to a police station? And you may beat my ass along the way and no one's gonna say anything. Because they don't. Because cops ain't shit. But literally, the kid who shot the nine black people up in Charleston, South Carolina, they took that guy to Burger King before they took him to jail. They let him go to Burger King. Can you imagine me as a black man in the backseat of a police car and I say something like, hey man, can we, I'm, I'm hungry, man. Can we stop at Wendy's before you take me in? And they would fucking, I probably wouldn't even make it to the fucking. If I, Maranzio Vance, walked into, what's a white place to walk into? If I walked into a, a saloon when they doing fucking river dance and I shot that motherfucker up and killed nine white people, one, I'm probably not going into custody. That's one. Two, they're going to beat the shit out of me before they even take me to the fucking, fucking police station. Three, can you imagine me asking them to feed me before they take me to jail? They will beat the fuck out of me. And there's nothing anyone could do about it. Can you imagine being trapped in the backseat of a fucking police car with your hands behind your back with hard metal grinding against your fucking wrist, your bone, and people fucking hitting you with billy clubs and nightsticks and the butt of their gum and uh, of their gun and busting you upside your head and you're bleeding out and they don't get you medical attention because why would I save you? When I want to kill you anyway. Why? Why would I save you when I want to kill you anyway? Help me. Help me. Help me understand. They're not. They are not going to save you. Take that into consideration. You fighting to stay alive. You're fighting to stay alive. But these white men get to be studied and they get a platform and they get video coverage. It's disturbing, man. It's disturbing. I had a conversation with a girl the other day because she said she wanted to have she wanted to have kids. And I said, that's on you. I have kids. And if you ask me on a certain day, I wish I didn't have kids. Not because I don't love them. Not because I, 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 I'm not happy with the situation in which I live in. I literally brought people into this world to have to endure the same shit I endure. Same racism I endure. The same bigotry I endure. The same um, injustice I endure. Like I brought people into the world to have to go through the same shit I go through. It's almost like we should be all, we should all sit down and say, look, we're not doing anything else until we figure out what the fuck is wrong and what's going on. But we don't do that. We just keep fucking going. We just keep making bullshit. We keep doing dumb shit.
and it's, it's nerve wracking. I'm gonna talk about it more next week. But we, in America, we have a problem. It's sad. It's fucked up. And like Neil Grassy Tyson or whatever, he made a comment yesterday, and he trended number one all day above the actual shooting that took place because people were more outraged at what he said about the shooting versus the shooting. You feel me? That's why I don't give a fuck about people. Because people got mad at this black man for stating some facts about a shootout. But the shootout itself was trending number two or three because they care more about what this man said about the shooting than the shooting. Dismiss me. Okay? Dismiss me with y'all bullshit. Dismiss me with your bullshit. If you can't see how everything is not fucking done on purpose, I don't know how to help you. I don't know how to help you when the, when the clues are right there in front of your fucking face, but you just choose not to see them. I can't save us, folks. Can't save us. But I just killed enough time to, uh, I don't know, I thought I had an analogy. I didn't have an analogy, and I'm okay with saying I thought I had a funny analogy, but I couldn't think of anything. Long story short, thank y'all for joining me. Thank y'all for uh, killing time with me. I hope y'all come back next week. I hope y'all tell people about the podcast. I don't even like to say the word hope. Please tell people about the podcast. Tell people I'm over here. Tell people what I'm doing. Tell people what I'm talking about. Tell them. Tell them. I don't even know if I was funny this week. I just talked. If I wasn't funny, I don't know how to apologize for just doing something that I just wanted to do. But maybe next time I'll be funny. Maybe you found something funny in it. Maybe I'm being funny right now to make up for the fact that I didn't do anything funny in the beginning. And I'm starting to sound like Stewie from Family Guy. No, it's not working. Okay. See you next week. Bye.